Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! Brad, we are back on a week that... If not for today, I literally don't know what we were going to talk about. <laughs> we talked about that this morning. We're like, uh, <laughs> did, and like nothing, literally nothing happened. And then all of a sudden, today, two Giants things happen. Because that's the way. Where I think the Giants do work on Mondays. They yeah. either do work on Monday mornings or five minutes after we record on whatever day it is we decide to record that week. That's how it works. The... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there was like literally one thing that you sent me earlier, like, oh, you know, there's talk about Jeff Kent and, you know, him probably doing better in his last year of eligibility for the Hall of Fame. And I was like, yeah, that, that'll be fun. But then what are we going to do for like the rest of it? And so thankfully, the Giants made a trade today and yes. they also made a free agent signing. So we'll talk about that. But since we do have a couple minutes here, uh, I just want to mention uh, the other teams that we cover in this network. Uh, the 49ers are headed to the wild card. I think they call it the super wild cards uh, weekend or something like that. Yeah. The Rams had the first Monday night playoff game last year. And, and that was weird, but it was fun because then you get like the whole day to yourself and your game. And I think that was the Rams and uh, Cardinals game. Mm -hmm. And so that, that that was enjoyable. I mean, that was like, Oh, the whole day kind of led up to it. And then, and then this year, um, if you are a, uh, I guess, county worker, county worker, city worker, I, I don't know. I don't, I honestly don't know how holidays work for, the rest of the world because I've been working for the county for like 18 <laughs> years. So, so we get Monday, we get MLK day off. There you go. Um, so, works. so you have that whole day off and then a Monday night playoff game, but do, do you know when you guys play? Are you guys Saturday? The, 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 the Niners play Saturday, the okay. afternoon game. Uh, so the, they, you know, they played Sunday, so they only have six days, but they really yeah. played a dress rehearsal to, uh, to, yeah. to the playoffs. The, the Cardinals are, pretty much done cliff kingsbury just got fired today and uh, yeah so so the niners and seahawks we i feel like we owe the seahawks over the years uh, they've been really tough on us in the playoffs including one richard sherman talking about michael crabtree <laughs> <laughs> in a close yeah, well, 
I love that. Him and Aaron Andrews, that's like, uh, <laughs> that's just, you know, broadcasting gold will live on forever. That's really I, great. I listened thing. to a podcast yeah. where she was a guest and she was talking about that moment. And she said, you know, it, like you said, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a meme now, right? It's, yeah. Oh, know, yeah. It'll be played anytime Richard Sherman is mentioned. You know, someone will play that as well as his, the face that he made when, uh, Russ threw the interception to the Patriots at the one yard line. Uh, but she said that she wished that's one of the moments she wishes she could have back because she doesn't think that she was that professional. Like she reacted facially in an expression that she like says today, if I was doing it today, I would have dealt with that a little bit differently, no. but then you wouldn't get the moment. You wouldn't get the, meaning. I know that was fantastic because didn't, didn't he say, um, don't talk about me. Don't talk to me. She said, who, who's talking? You know, and she and that was a great question yeah, because yeah. you know, and then and then he went on with his whole thing. That was just fantastic. I mean, yeah, it, so, it, it so worked we, out perfect. You know, we owe those guys. Uh, they 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 beat us in that playoffs to go to the Super Bowl, and uh, and they they really have had our number with the exception of this last season. So. Uh, but yeah. you know, I, I, you guys kind of got screwed in that game last night. So <laughs> that was bad. That was, I mean, but I had nothing to be mad about. I mean, we we're going to go, go from, uh, 11 losses to 12 losses or stay at 11 losses. That was bad. I mean, there's so many bad calls in that game and I'm never one to blame the refs because usually things even out. Yeah. But, oh my God, that was, you know, it was like three game turning plays with bad calls, but yeah, you know, hey, it's pretty tough. Not because uh, we, it's not like we missed the playoffs because of that. So. I know. So, <laughs> you know, Rod and I will be back next weekend on, on Saturday evening to talk about the game, hopefully a good game for the Niners. And, uh, and then tomorrow, supposedly Steph Curry is returning from injury. We thought he was coming back on Friday in San Antonio, right. but it sounds like he'll be available. He's going to be probable tomorrow. Warriors against the Suns at home. And if Steph does play, I think Brian and I are going to jump on after the game. So we'll do a live stream as our show of the week, just talking about uh, the game tomorrow, as well as the game uh, from, from over the weekend, which was not not great. But uh, so, you know, just, just trying to set the schedule for folks who are, listening to the uh, the network and, and Brad and I we're gonna talk about some January baseball stuff <laughs> you know you know what's actually interesting about yeah. this season is in previous seasons a lot of the top free agents would still be unsigned but this year except for Korea everything everything's done and you know I, I listened to a podcast from last week it was I, I believe it was uh, right after we recorded, or maybe it was no, it was the day, it was the same day that we recorded, and I hadn't listened to it. It was Ken Rosenthal's podcast, which I try and listen to whenever he does it. It's a Q, it's a Q and A. You know, he they take callers, but he kind of sets the tone for kind of the big story in the beginning. And he was talking about the Korea thing as if he thought it was going to be done last week, and obviously it still is not done. So even you know the most clued in guy when it comes to stuff uh, or one of the, you know, there's, there's a few of them out there. He's one of them. Even, you know, they, they really have no idea what's going on with this Korea situation. So uh, I, I guess there's another team involved after the giants pulled out. So it's the Mets and somebody else. Do we know who that second team is? We don't. It's probably uh, a, a Boris uh, secret magic team. You know, it's one, of, it's one of those ones I think where he just said, 
there's another team, Cohen. Let's, <laughs> I'm going to put this out in the press. There's another team. So <laughs> let's get going. I mean, what was it? De- December? Oh, gosh. I want to say like 22nd, 23rd. I think it was Christmas Eve. Was it Christmas Eve? I think and, so. And, and we were supposed to have the presser and everything just kind of. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Through. Yeah, yeah, you're oh, right. Okay. It was it was before that. It was. Uh, yeah, the, it was the Tuesday the or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it was the 20th. And so here we are now, January, we're recording this, January 9th. And and we still don't even have any kind of like Korea's close. They're just uh, one year off or 50 million apart. You know, there's not even anything. It's, it's really amazing. I And I keep waking up every day forgetting that it's even happening because there's <laughs> there's just no news because you know sometimes when there's that one big free agent still out there you wake up in the morning you check twitter and you see if you have any alerts i'm not even doing that because i'm forgetting each day that's yeah, how long it's, it's been it's, so it's, it's, it's gonna, gonna be very yeah whatever happens happens and yeah i would imagine it's still gonna be the mets but think about it if it's not the mets how nuts <laughs> Is Twitter and, and the fan and like and New York fans, right? Well, I think New yeah. York fans will be angry, but they got an embarrassment of riches otherwise. So this was kind of yeah. like the, you know, the cherry on top of the the Sunday. But still, yeah. like it's it's a pretty big deal. You you stretch that. This is the the thing that the um the teams don't really account for is just putting your fans through horror. You know, yeah. we had to go through it twice, and I still feel like I'm not over it. I still feel angry for some reason. Yeah. Well, I, I have some news, though. Okay. It has been reported by John Heyman that the – I think – no, no, sorry, by Shaw, by Shaw, that the Giants will not be in on Trevor Bauer. So, so we can Yay. put that to rest. There's, yeah, so there's no, there's no ring in our hands going, oh, God – Please don't sign him because it would be the opposite with him. It would be please don't sign him. And we don't. Well, I, ho- I hope people don't go into the deep, deep, deep archives of this show because some of our early shows were like, "Hey, no, what about Trevor Bauer?" No, don't don't go back. <laughs> <Don't> go back. <laughs> please. So, what do you think about how how the Dodgers handled that? Pretty swiftly, right? Like they were just kind of like uh, could have been swifter, is what I think. I mean, they they waited till the last minute and decided. You know, they had the deadline, I think it was like one o'clock uh, on the West Coast. And at like 1230, they said, we're going to we're going to wave him. He's, you know, DFA, whatever happened. Um, but they could have they could have done it three or four days earlier, yeah. I think. But um, I just wondered you know, if there was like some, you know, some reasons as far as withholding the why they had to wait or whatever. But I, I just like their yeah. message. I thought their message was pretty succinct. Not that I'm here interested in in giving the dodgers any praise for handling anything but <laughs> right <laughs> but I, you know there was i thought it was pretty clean and i'm sure there are people who feel like he's getting a raw deal but you know they they said in their investigation that they found enough stuff in there to uh to believe that the punishment was accurate and that was like the longest like one of the longest suspensions in baseball right yeah yeah, it was. And and anytime you get mixed up in anything like that, uh any kind of hardcore accusations like that, um, you know, people can think he got a raw deal, but he's still getting paid. I mean, that's the that's the raw deal. As us <laughs> baseball fans are like, the guy's still getting paid like twenty-two million dollars to be a dirtbag. The ba- um, the players association, man. 
I, I'm telling you, yeah, I mean, he's protected. He's protected by the Players Association. But, but he did say, he had put out a statement on January 6th. And he said, following two weeks of conversations around my return to the organization, I sat down with the Dodgers leadership in Arizona yesterday who told me that they wanted me to return and pitch for the team this year. So that's what the Dodgers organization told him, that they, they wanted him back. And then the next day they said, no, goodbye. I'm sure a lot of the players in the clubhouse, playoff or player leaders like Clayton Kershaw, Mookie Betts, they probably talked to them, you know, and Freddie Freeman and, and said, what, what do you guys think? And I'm sure they said, that's a distraction that we don't need. We're, we're trying to win a World Series because we haven't won a real World Series since 1988. I'm sure that's what they said, right? They probably said that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm sure they said, you know, we, we don't want this distraction. It's too much. It's too much of a distraction. So, um, But it sounds like the, according to Trevor Bauer, the Dodgers brass wanted him back. So it's a big soap opera at this point. But Yeah, yeah, it is. But uh, yeah, hey, you know. Uh, it's it's news in a in a time in baseball where there is not a lot of news. So <laughs> there's hey, not. I was just interested to see something show up in in my mentions where I was like, oh, baseball. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk about this signing that the Giants made today. They signed Atlanta Braves, former Atlanta Braves reliever, who was really good on their World Series team, Luke Jackson. Now, do you know? what Luke Jackson's nickname is. I, I really, I don't, but I really, really hope it's Luke action Jackson. <laughs> Cause if it's not, I'm going to have a problem. <laughs> it is Skywalker. Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, yes. Jackson. I can go for that too. I'm fine with that. If you go to his Twitter page and I think he's going to be a fan favorite when it comes to the Twitter page. Okay, I'm gonna have to add him right now. I'm at him right now. at y a b o y seven seven at your boy seventy seven yes. on his on his profile. You see the jersey with the That's name Skywalker on the back. Absolutely beautiful. I love it. All right, he's my new follow. There we go. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Luke Jackson. Um, uh, so here's the here's the deal from Susan. Slusser. Uh, we actually have breaking news that we're going to get to here in a second. Uh, oh, but oh. Susan, Susan Slusser said the Giants and Luke Jackson agreed to terms on a two-year major league contract worth $11.5 million. That also includes a club option for the 2025 season. Jackson will earn $3 million in 2023 and $6.5 in 2024. So, uh, yeah, they're continuing to make sure that they're not paying a whole lot of money for the team this year. Everything is always no. the next year. Um, okay. So, but so he here, is coming off of Tommy John. He is coming so, off Tommy John. So and he's probably not playing the full season this year. He's probably, probably not. Playing. So I think that's the that lower, the lower value. Yeah. Yeah. That it makes sense. All right. So if you look at his baseball reference, or maybe you don't want to look at his baseball reference, <laughs> it is, it is a trippy baseball reference page because he had one year of lights out baseball and that was the year 2021 so he didn't play in 2022 uh he had the tommy john last year and it's 2021 now he had a pretty good season in 2019 3.84 yeah. era nine and two record 
Uh, his FIP was actually a lot better than his ERA, but he his his, his issue seems to be with uh, with the walks. Um, in 2021, he uh, so so in 2019 he closed. He was saved 18 games. In 2021, I think he had something like 31 holds. So all of his statistics look fine. 1.98 ERA, uh, 1.162 WHIP, which was the best whip of his career that was longer than a handful of games uh only gave up six hits uh only gave up point point eight home runs the walks were up for a uh, four per nine and 9.9 strikeouts per nine which is down from his 2019 year when he was striking out an epic 13.1 per nine so and i guarantee you that's what the giants saw and I guarantee you that's what the Giants like is because they like the high K per nine. Yes. I don't care if you walk batters as long as you get a good high K per nine. But I think there was a little bit of luck in that hits per nine being as low as it was mm-hmm. because the FIP on an ERA of 1.98, the FIP was 3.66. So that's that right. is kind of the question mark there. Uh, but all of the other stuff looks fantastic. Now, like you said, coming off of Tommy John, that is going to be an issue because he's got to get all that stuff, you know, back. And then hopefully by, by mid season, it, it's a little bit reminds me of the Matthew Boyd signing from last year where he doesn't even play for us. And then they trade him as he was kind of coming back. But I think this year with, with that second year kind of sunk in, I think we're going to see him on the team this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so. Um, you know, it's going to be exciting. The, the Giants like the big arms, um, and they like the strikeouts. And 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 now we've got some, you know, whenever we see Luke Jackson come in, Luke Skywalker Jackson, I, I'm just going to have to say it every time because <laughs> um, that is absolutely fantastic. Uh, so you're going to see Duvall, uh, Jackson, and, and uh, Taylor Rogers in the back end of the bullpen. That's going to be hard for us this year, isn't it? Taylor Rogers, Tyler Rogers. That's going to be, and what if they the- went to, what if they went to trade for Trevor Rogers, which I know. Oh yes. What, I was know there- Grant Brisby wrote yeah, about that. Exactly. That would be fantastic. <laughs> that would be a total nightmare. T Rogers, <laughs> but you've got, I mean, why couldn't the parents go like Tyler Rogers and Carl Rogers? Like, would they, like mix yeah. it up a little bit. But yeah. Yeah. For us. But, okay. but yeah, they have those three guys in the back end of the bullpen, some strikeout guys, some guys who can, um, you know, limit hits, uh, limit home runs. I, I think that, that, and that's what the Giants kind of missed. And you think of how many games we had last year where a guy like foreshadowing Junior Marte came in and walked somebody and then gave up a hit and then got a strikeout and then got a strikeout and then gave up a hit. And you were like, man, can't we just go like one, two, three? When, when can we go one, two, three in an inning and not have the stress? So I think the Giants are kind of trying to build up for that. And I like the contract. I really yeah. like the contract. All right. You ready for the breaking news? I'm ready. Yeah. What? I mean, I'm on okay. the edge of my seat. Another Susan Slus. Gosh, she's been working her rear end off. Look at this. Susan just reported Brandon Belt will be signing a one-year deal with the Blue Jays. No. Wow. Deal will be announced tomorrow. That's a tough one for Giants fans. That's a tough one for us, man. How do you feel? How do you feel as you know, you're you're yeah, I think of when I think of the Belt Wars, 
I think of you as a five-star general on the good side of the belt wars. There are two lieutenants with me in the belt wars. One is my, as I've mentioned her before, my good friend, Ashley Payne, who unfortunately is not on Twitter very much anymore, but her, her, her family is on our giants Facebook page. I think, I think like both of her parents and her sister though, because I've been kicked off of Facebook for who, who knows how long (laughs) I haven't seen any of it. it. I'm still off of Facebook. (laughs) They won't give, they will not give me a reason. They will not return emails. (laughs) I I don't know what's going on. It's, it's pretty lousy customer service. That's for sure. But Ashley Payne was with me in the beginning. Like she, and I, I sort of kind of jumped on the bandwagon with her just because I saw how many people were frustrated with him. And so we were just kind of like tag teaming all of these people on Twitter. And then the uh, NBC Sports Bay Area's own Carmen Q also leading uh, one of the trains uh, on Team Belt. And so the three of us, I feel like we were pretty much. We were pretty much uh, on top of it when it came to being team belt. So as far as, you know, as far as how I feel about it, I think I'm happy that belt kind of was able to have that one really good year during the pandemic, which is it showed basically what he could do when he's healthy. And then, of course, he gets that screwy injury late trying to bunt and ball gets thrown and hits him in the thumb. And last year was, it was just unfortunate. It's just what happens when some of these guys get older. They can't stay. Uh, they can't stay without getting these weird dinged up injuries. And we know that he has yeah. a bad knee. So all, all of that is like, hey, he's just an aging player. He has two World Series titles. You know, he's been on two World Series title teams. So he's had a really good career. Now, I think the question for a lot of Giants fans is, should he have been better than who he actually was? And I think he's probably exactly who he was always going to be. He had like three really, really good seasons. He had a couple of like solid seasons. And then he had his... You know, his bad seasons where he couldn't shake the injuries. So I think he was a really, really good giant. You know, maybe at some point he's only if he goes to Toronto on a one year, he has a good season and he wants to come back. Maybe the Giants will be like, hey, you know, we have a spot at first. If you want to come back and hang out and retire as a giant, I could see something like that happen. But happy for him. He can finally go to uh, somewhere where he can DH regularly, because even when he played uh, these last couple of years, he he mostly still played first base. Uh, yeah. He doesn't have to worry about you know getting dinged up, injured, and such. Uh, you know by by playing the field so much. And I hope you know he can play in some of those short porches uh, in the American League and get a couple extra dingers out of it, right? He doesn't oh, have to yeah, play his yeah. whole, you know the, the his, his home games at a park that's a little bit harder to hit home runs for uh, yeah. for someone like him. Brandon Belt playing in Boston is going to be interesting, um, but playing at Yankee Stadium at Camden Yards, I mean, that's going to be fun. That's going to be some fun games to watch. Um, you know, and the thing that people always forget and will always thank Brandon Belt for is that when Aubrey Huff had his issues <laughs> and disappeared, Brandon Belt was there. And so Brandon Belt is a two-ringer, you know, because anytime you talk about the Giants 
any anytime from 2008 up to 2014, 2015, you how many ringers are they? Brandon Belt's a two ringer. Yep. So, I mean, it, it, we'll always love him for that. He was on the 2012, 2014 championship teams. Um, going to miss him. I, and I love the guy. Everybody gave him crap, but you know what? Uh, defensively, that was the, that was the one thing that was overlooked a lot too. Defensively, he was solid at first base. He had some fantastic picks. Uh, definitely going to miss that. Um, I hate to see it. I just hate to see him on the East coast though. I was hoping he'd stick around at least, you know, go to the Rangers with Bochi, but yeah, that would have been fun. Yeah. That would have been a blast. Cause, cause you know, we would all have become American league quasi Texas Rangers fans. Yeah. Quasi tech. Cause I've been, and don't say it too loud, but I've always been a quasi Mariners fan and a quasi, uh, guardians fan indians back in the day Mm -hmm. but those are those are kind of my teams so if he would have gone to one of those especially seattle i would have been ecstatic but yeah yeah i think uh you mentioned his defense early in his career when his body uh and, and his athletic ability was still there he was really good at first base he had a really good arm and like you said he could pick it as the years went by like these last couple years just he did not have a lot of uh, range there like he did when he was younger. And I think that I think you could just see him sometimes just out there just going like, you know, and and running the bases too. Right. Like he was, he's he's never going to be fast, but early in his career, you know, this long legged dude. And then these last couple of years, he's like the slowest guy on the team. Yeah. And when he ran the bases, you knew something bad could possibly happen. And, and it did, it did in Anaheim. It It did in Anaheim. I mean, it did. Yeah. It was just, Tough to watch. I mean, so now we're looking at Lamont Wade Jr. It's official. I mean, we're looking at Lamont Wade Jr. at first base, um, you know, and who else can we get at first base? Not, not, I, I don't want to see, you know, too much of Wilmer at first base, but, but I think, I think we will. JD Davis could play first base. Would, would you rather Wilmer play first base or any other part of the infield? Though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first base. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, it's a sad one, but hey, you know this is this is a live show, baby. We had to break the news to everybody who was not paying attention to Twitter. Okay, so let's talk about um, the trade that the Giants made. Junior Marte, who appeared in 39 games last season, they traded him to the Phillies for left-hander Eric Miller, who pitched three years at Stanford. Now, I was trying to figure this out. Uh, what are, I couldn't find uh, Miller's options by the time we recorded. So I don't know, like, why would Philly give up on him if he was, like, the, you know, a top-10 prospect for them last year? For somebody who the Giants, I don't think that they would even consider a top 15 prospect for them. Uh, But, you know, Marte throws hard and he was pretty successful at at missing barrels. But I never watched him last year and was like, you know what? You know who's going to be good in 2023? You know who's going to be like, you know, at the back end of the bullpen is Junior Marte. And maybe he will, but just based off of last year, uh, I didn't really see that from him. But uh, yeah, this uh, so so Miller, um, he was in AAA all last year and had a really good season at AAA. So I imagine he'll probably start the season in AAA for the Giants. But uh, lefty throws low nineties, can get it up to 
I'll just read the little bio on uh, on MLB.com. A legitimate three-pitch mix gives Miller the chance to start, though he spent most of 2022 and reached AAA pitching out of the bullpen. He tends to sit in the low 90s with his fastball, though he's up to 80, uh, 97, especially in shorter stints. He's always had a very good changeup, killing it, uh, killing spin with it effectively, and he's worked to tighten up his breaking ball. Uh, a low night, a low 80 slider that can miss bats. The biggest thing holding Miller back. And here we go again. You said that the Giants really don't mind about this because they think that they can fix it. His ability to throw strikes. He has worked to incorporate improvements to his delivery, cleaning up his arm stroke, but he still struggled to repeat it and battled his control through 2022. Doesn't have pinpoint command to pitch in relief and his stuff should continue to tick up in shorter stints. Yeah, and the Giants haven't had a hoss in a while. This guy's 6'5", 240, and you know how they always go light, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. on, on it's, this is on MILB.com. He's 6'5", 240. So he's probably 6'5", 260, maybe. But, yeah, he's a, I mean, he's a strike thrower. He does, he does throw hard, you know. But, but, yeah, I mean, he does last year 48 and a third. 31 walks, that's kind of rough, but 62 Ks and 48 and a third for a reliever. That's what you want, limited to 39 hits. They already have him in a, um, you know, on the Sacramento River Cats when you go to MILB.com as well. But uh, looking at, you know, some of the comments from Phillies fans, because that that's how you can always tell is when a trade goes down. Yeah. The other team announces it on Twitter. You go look at those comments. Some people believe we got fleeced. And I'm not <laughs> sure how, because that's their number seven prospect. And we're giving you Junior Marte. But, 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 so, and that's the whole thing is Marte was a 40 man roster guy. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, and they had to clear a spot for Luke Skywalker Jackson. And so, in order to do that, you've got to trade a 40 man guy in Junior Marte rather than pass him through waivers. Because or maybe they did try and pass him. And then Philly was like, hey, we'll trade for him. It's possible. And, and so, you know, make that deal. Uh, Marte, I think he had one of the better for relievers. He had one of the better um, low barrel rates. Yeah. And so I think Philly fans are kind of latching onto that as well, but you know, he also not only misses bats, but he also misses the strike zone. So (laughs) you you do, you do have to deal with that. That's a way to miss bats. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Get your barrel rate down. Uh, by the way, Belt, one year, $9.3 million to well, sign well, good with for the him. Blue Jays. Good for him. I mean, if he can get it back on track and he could play in 120, 130 games, um, you know, he could still stick around for another year or two after that. All right, before we get to our conversation about Jeff Kent and just the Hall of Fame in general, which the Hall of Fame is it's, it's on our bad side right now yeah. so we'll, oh, see. we'll see if it can win us back but um i last week i mentioned about one of my one of the things i wanted to do for 2023 is learn more about scotch and get into scotch uh so i got some buchanan's deluxe which is a, i believe it's a blended scotch whiskey and you know, I a lot of times if I go to the grocery store, I'm just going to pick up what's at the grocery store. And this was one of the ones where it's like, oh, I, I want this. And it's like, hey, how come this box is empty? Oh, we have to go get it. And then we got to get it behind the locker. <laughs> and so I was like, it's not even that expensive, guys. It was like 30, 
five bucks or something. Why is it in the in, in the locker? Maybe maybe it's one that people steal often for some yeah, reason. I yeah. don't know. But uh, <laughs> so I picked that up today. So I'm so that's what I'm sipping on right now. And and like I said, you know, I I have coached myself, and I think it's just easier. I think that the, the flavor of bourbon is probably a little easier on the palate. And I'm trying to train the the scotch palate there. So um, I still I'm I have it with with some ice, so it waters it down a little bit, which I like. And uh, yeah, it's nice. Uh, yeah. I, well, when you when you drink scotch, you know that you're drinking scotch, which I like that yeah. because it's like, hey, like you know, you're not you're not just gonna swallow this thing in three gulps like some some <laughs> bourbons that that you drink sometimes. So, yeah, and I'm with you too on on scotch, and that's why I like scotch for special occasions. I like it for if I'm gonna put on like a really good Sinatra record, I will pour a scotch and I'll kind of stick around the music. I won't go too far from the speakers and I'll kind of hang out near it. Uh, listen to some Sinatra, listen to some jazz, drink some scotch. Um, one of my favorite things I used to do this all the time. I haven't done it in a long time, but Trader Joe's has a, a, a fairly decent blended scotch. Oh. Um, I'm not sure who they collaborate with, but it's been around for years and the bottle used to be like, Honestly, it used to be like 15 or 16 bucks. Um, and it was really good. And I would take a glass, um, usually around like like this size here, um, fill it up with some ice cubes and just pour that over it and let it just kind of mix with the ice, uh, sip on that while listening to some good music. Um, probably poured way too much, more than I should have. <laughs> but 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 that that was a good one. I like blended scotches. Um you know, I still think my favorite are the smoky PD, like the Laphroaig. Um, you, you know, the, those are just, I mean, the, they'll grab you and you're like, oh my God. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, t- tonight I went with, uh, I like my, my ginger ale and uh, speaking of Trader Joe's, ginger ale and Trader Joe's Kentucky's best bourbon. There you go. Um, it's like my favorite mixing bourbon. Um, so I told my wife, you know, Kentucky's like, best, so, huh? Kentucky's best is what it's called. And it's a Trader Joe's brand. Crystal goes to Trader Joe's all the time, like at least twice a week. So I may have her pick some up. Yeah. If you want a good blender, I really like that one because it's, it's up there. I think it's 46 proof, 45 proof. Um, And, and it's a really good mixer with ginger ale. So I I poured it and I don't have much left. And so I told my wife, I said, uh, yeah, I need, this is a mixer and I need, so next time you go to Trader Joe's, if you can grab a bottle, she goes, you have so much up there right now. Like, can you go through the, I said, no, I'm not going to mix like the piggyback (laughs) with ginger ale. I'm not, no, there's no way I'm doing that. So So that was a whole thing. (laughs) There you go. I like it. Uh, Okay. So as I, as I'm getting tweets from people who are very sad for me that that, that Brandon belt is gone. Um, (laughs) Somebody said, uh, uh, Jesse, uh, who old, old school Twitter, Giants person. I've seen him at games before uh, over the years. He tweeted at me. He said, goodbye, ladies, sad face. Because <laughs> I used to tweet Aww. out the, the photo of Brandon Belt dressed as a Michael Jackson thriller. And it yeah. said, hello, ladies. That was that I'm was the so, running joke. That was a fun one. Whenever he hit a bomb, I always because, I, I, you know, I do some of the, the stuff during the games on Twitter. But as soon as 
Brandon Belt does something, I know to like hand. <laughs> I know it's coming from you, and I know that's your thing. I'm like, hey, it's got this one. <laughs> yeah, if you check our, if you check out our Twitter account during the season uh, <laughs> at Thompson to Clark, you'll you'll see. You know, just click in the media, and you'll just see a bunch of a bunch of photoshops of Belt, my uh, my cousin's hu- husband Dan. He did he did all the photoshops for me a long time ago, and I just. Just keep using the same one. So and they're classics, man. All right. Let's talk about this uh, Jeff Kent situation here. So uh, the uh, I forget the guy's name. Uh, is it Ryan Thibodeau or something? Peter Thibodeau, somebody Thibodeau. Uh, I think it's Ryan. Uh, has a baseball Hall of Fame tracker where people report their voting to him and he creates a giant spreadsheet. Now he doesn't get 100 percent of engagement so he doesn't know for sure but he has you know a good number of ballots and he's tracking who has a good chance to make it into the hall of fame now as of today uh the ones that he has there are two people on this ballot who are over the 75 percent mark in his tracking that doesn't mean that they're going to make it because there's still tons of other ballots that are unchecked but Todd Helton at 80.9% and Scott Rowland at 82.3% uh, look like they are good, maybe the best bets for, for this year. Now, Billy Wagner, according to this tracker, is at 73 of the ballots that he has. Gary Sheffield, actually, 68.1 in his ninth year, which is kind of amazing. Um, and uh, I was just kind of looking at our good friend, Jeff Kent, uh, Andrew Jones as well, nine seventy one point six, but our good friend Jeff Kent, sitting in his tenth year, uh, last year was at thirty two point seven percent, and this year, according to this tracker, he's at fifty, which is actually kind of cool because you know we talked about this last year with Bonds and Clemens, the they used to keep these guys on for fifteen years. And then they changed it to 10, I think specifically because of Bonds and Clippings. (laughs) And so that hurts somebody like Jeff Kent, right, who's kind of growing every single year. He's growing. His his chances are are, are getting better. But, you know, this is his last year. He's more than likely not going to get to that 75% mark. Uh, But I I thought it'd be kind of cool to to just go dig into Jeff Kent's career and, and sort of where he sits with other second basemen who have been really good. And in doing this exercise, I I realized that he doesn't rank as well as I thought he did. Uh, and, and so I kind of get it. If, if you're using all of the statistics and the analytics and the sabermetrics and all that stuff, I get why he's kind of a 40 to 50% ballot guy. But before we get into that, what do you think about his chances? You know what? I think they... I don't think they're great, but I honestly think they should be better than they're forecasting. Because if Todd Helton's going to get in, possibly, um, you got to look at Todd Helton. He's never won an MVP. And we're talking about a first baseman, mm-hmm. um, you know, who put up gaudy numbers. Um, he has less home runs in his career than Jeff Kent. And he's been to five All Star games. Jeff Kent has an MVP award. Jeff Kent has been to one, two, three, four, five All-Star games. Um, Silver Silver Slugger Award. 
four times. Um, I, I really honestly, and, and second base for the numbers that he put up and to win an MVP, I think he should get in that. That's what I think. But I, I mean, forecasting the numbers, he's going to be kind of right on the cusp. Yeah. Yeah. So the numbers that, that he excels at, you mentioned it, the, the most valuable player award he won it in 2000, though, some people will say that he won it just because they didn't want to give it to Barry again. Um, <laughs> but awesome. he, had, he had a fantastic year, right? And and it's smack dab in the middle of the steroid era. And as far as we know, uh, Jeff Kent has never been hinted at being on the list of players who took steroids. So that's something in his right. favor. And and we know that the voters also really like to award those guys. Yeah. If if it's in the middle of the steroid era and they hit bombs and they had really good years, they like to kind of single those guys out and say, you get in the Hall of Fame because you were a good boy. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So the other thing that that he actually fares very well in is is when you talk about MVP. So Jeff Kent had uh, four top 10 finishes in MVP. So that's, that puts him, you know, in some pretty good company for players uh, in, in the, in the hall of fame ranking, only Robinson Cano and Jose Altuve have had at least four in the top 10. Cano had six and the only, and they're not in because obviously they're not, they're not eligible yet. Cano, we'll see what happens with Cano. He got suspended for steroids. So I'm not sure how he's going to. But Altuve, Altuve I'm, I'm going to guess, is, is, is going to be a Hall of Famer at some point. But so Kent fits right there, like everybody above him and a bunch of players below him um, are all in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. The ones where he doesn't look fantastic in are a War 7, which is sort of like a amalgam of like his top seven seasons uh, with War. Right. Uh, you would think that someone who won an MVP would, would fare a little bit better here, but the average of Hall of Famers at second base finish around Fort, where Frankie Frisch and Roberto Alomar fit in War 7, which is about, uh, if, you're, if we're ranking top second basins of all time uh, and we're going all the way down, that that the average of Hall of Famers would be right on the 14th level with 44.4 war seven. Kansas at 35.8, and he's at rank 27th. Now there are Hall of Famers below him, uh Tony Lazari, Johnny Evers, and Red Shoindy. So we're talking about, you know, back in the day, back in the day. Yeah. Uh guys. But um, you know, the 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 people who are ahead of him. There's only a, a couple who are kind of ranked near him, Bobby Doerr and uh, Nellie Fox. So that doesn't look good there for, for Kent. And then if you look at the Jaws number, which is the combination of career and seven peak war uh, for comparison's sakes, um, the average of the 20 Hall of Famers at second base, the average is a 57. For Kent, uh, he sits at 45.6. So those are the two numbers that uh, they kind of normalize him in a way that uh, ma- makes him maybe look not as as great as the MVP and, and the rankings and the MVP voting the top 10 did. So I think it'll be tough. 
those stats make me look at him a little bit differently. Um, and, and maybe he's kind of like, he's a cusp guy. He's a guy who's like right on the cusp. Now the guys who are going to get in, uh, coming up, uh, Chase Utley, his numbers look fantastic in comparison. Uh, I, I don't like him <laughs> that much. He was kind of a dick, though. Yeah, kind uh, of. <laughs> Jonathan Sanchez was kind of a dick to him too. And, yeah. But I, I did, I did used to like to call him Chutley. That's what I used to call Chutley. him. Chutley. That's that's appropriate. That's yeah. appropriate for a guy like Chase Utley. Chutley. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Utley, Pedroia, Kinsler are guys who are not eligible yet, who are ahead of Kent on lists like this so kind of interesting way to look at things unfortunately doesn't look like he's going to get in this year and then we talk about the the committee that that uh elected um uh uh crime dog uh earlier yeah. the, or late late last year and i think that's in three years they'll do that again so maybe he'll have another shot at that point but uh yeah kind of a surly guy right like I know writers didn't necessarily warm up to him because he didn't warm up to them very much, but very interesting to see how, uh, how how they treat him. You know, three years down the line, when maybe we forget how he how he was with some of these guys. Yeah, there's got to be a better way to elect players into the Hall of Fame. There, there just has to be going for it. I don't know what the answer is. But man, it, it is so rough to see because I mean, we're like I said, we're at the point where it's like. Scott Rowland and Todd Helton. I no no knock against the guys. They're good players. I don't think they're Hall of Fame worthy players. Um, because again, when you look at position wise, uh there there's there's other players who are out of the Hall of Fame who are just lights out, great players, but you know, because of stigmas and everything else that happened, um here we are with Todd Helton and Scott Rowland. Not saying that they're going to get in, but I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, they they have a they have a good shot of getting in. Yeah, they have a good course. shot. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so uh so good luck to Jeff. And uh, you know where Brandon Belt sits on War 7 for, uh, oh, for, oh. for first basemen of all time. Where's this? He he broke the top 100. Okay. 97 ahead of John Cruck. And Aubrey Huff, hey. who you already mentioned. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's all we care about. I don't really care about anything else, but as long as he's ahead of Aubrey the Thong Huff, that's <laughs> fine with me, man. And John Cruck, Cruck was a great one to watch. You know, when he was always one of those phenom players where we're watching him as kids going, how's this big fat guy <laughs> <laughs> just raking? And hitting like 330 yeah. and battling it out with Will Clark every year for a batting title. That was well, remember, remember in the All-Star game where Randy Johnson yes. <laughs> scared <laughs> the lights the out of him. Yeah. Put on the helmet the other way and mm -hmm. took the other side of it, went right-handed. That was fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know, we got, a, we got a show out of hey. thin air today. So that was good. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see if the Giants do anything else. They still have a ton of money to, to spend to, to add players to their roster. And like yeah. you said, one thing that you said that was really interesting is that if they do trade for everyday players or players who are going to help them next year, 
they are probably then going to trade somebody else off of the the 40 man because yeah, they, they need the room so to. yeah it might, it might be a combination right yeah it might be a combination yeah. deal where you sign somebody then you're going to trade trade somebody off of off of the 40 so yeah. uh, all right and, and well well before we go let's look at let's just take a quick look so wednesday march 8th mm-hmm. is the world base start of the world baseball classic so we've got that coming up so th- so that's yeah, two months so that's something yeah two well like well, yeah we're close well, to like a month and a half maybe six weeks seven weeks um, we're gonna we're gonna cover that Absolutely. Wednesday, March 8th, we've got uh, Cuba and the Netherlands and Panama on Chinese Taipei. USA doesn't play until uh, they're a little bit later. They don't play until March 11th. So Saturday, March 11th, they play in Phoenix. It's a, a 6 p.m. game on a Saturday night. So United States against Great Britain. So uh, so that one's going to be fun. A Saturday night game mm-hmm. to kick it off for the U.S. Uh, I'm looking forward to it because the U.S. has kind of put together a really good team. And maybe as we get closer, we'll kind of look at that team. Oh, go we're going to have to break it down. And, yeah. uh, it's going to be fun, man. We're I, I'm really down. excited. I'm very excited. I, I want to buy some, some Team USA gear, like the shirt that you had you were wearing last week. So that'll be fun. Yeah, and – Baseballism is the official, um, of, uh, I guess, I don't know what you call it. Clothier. Is that fancy? That's a fancy word. Clothier <laughs> of the uh, USA baseball team. Um, and so I got a shirt from there. That's a really cool hats. Um, I would imagine it like shields and dicks and all those places. They probably carry them too. So yeah, absolutely. I wonder if they'll have a Logan Webb team USA jersey that we could Ooh, buy. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh, I would love that. Okay, cool. Uh, so we'll be back next week uh, talking Giants baseball. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so hopefully so hopefully some stuff will happen and, and we can continue. Yeah, even if it doesn't, we'll, we'll find stuff to talk about. Oh, yes. It's not hard for us. Oh, yes. We'll talk more bourbon. We'll talk more scotch. We'll, exactly. We'll, we got it all covered. Maybe we'll have some Korea news by then. Uh, yeah, I know. And, and that's what's probably going to happen. As we get closer to the start of the season, is we'll probably talk a little bit more national news than than we generally talk about uh, because we're covering the Giants and there's always stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it will we'll probably lean a little bit towards more national stuff like the World Baseball Classic. So, all right, yeah. for Brad, I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. <laughs>